And that, my friends, is how America was made great once again. Breaking at this hour, Jimmy Sangenberger is currently at the crossroads of politics and economics. Radio broadcaster master, now the celeb on the web. He's the smarty of the party. He's in cahoots with the grassroots. Jimmy at the Crossroads brings you thought-provoking commentary, hard-hitting interviews, original satire, and the best bumper music known to man. Jimmy at the Crossroads! Gonna talk money, gonna talk politics. Great for all generations. Oh, what a great mix, I said. Gonna talk money, gonna talk politics. Great for all generations. Oh, what a great mix. I got Jimmy and the Crossroads making sense out of nonsense. People want answers. They want to understand. They come to the crossroads and Jimmy gives them the plan. I said, gonna talk money, gonna talk politics. Great for all generations. Oh, what a great mix. I got Jimmy at the crossroads making sense out of nonsense. Come on, Jimmy, what you got? Hello, my friends, and welcome to the 100th edition already, my goodness, of Jimmy at the Crossroads. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger, bringing you engaging, intelligent talk once again in partnership with the Washington Examiner. By the way, the theme song you're hearing with yours truly on harmonica and the great Biff Gore singing the lyrics, we wrote it together. Gordon Chang finally listened to it. And I got good feedback from him on Wednesday, and he said it really pops. I will take that as high praise. Good to be with you today, again, in partnership with the Washington Examiner, bringing you engaging, intelligent talk, as I said, but also making sense out of nonsense for the 100th broadcast here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Please, if you have not done so already, subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Jimmy at the Crossroads. You can also go ahead and follow me. And I encourage this too. You can and you should. Follow me on Twitter at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. Just like it says right here. Plus, follow me, like the page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jimmy Sangenberger Pro. We'll bring you to the Jimmy Sangenberger Media Personality page. And of course, Jimmy at the crossroads.com. We've got all of our content there. We've got the shop. We've got so much more. Check it out. Plus, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you to like, subscribe, follow all those good things to our friends at the Washington Examiner on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, at WashingtonExaminer.com. So with this being our 100th show, in just a little bit, we're going to bring on our producer extraordinaire, Nathan Matouche, who day in and day out works the Matouche magic right here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. We're going to have some fun in the next segment. But first, we're going to get serious and talk a little bit about the tragedy that happened last week in Lebanon, in Beirut, Lebanon. 
where there was an explosion that it just tore into that nation that's already been dealing with economic strife, with political corruption, with so many things. And this massive explosion did tremendous damage to the city. The government now resigning, working to put together a new government at the behest of the president of Lebanon, particularly as protests have beset the country in the aftermath of this, but also not just because of the explosion, but because of all the turmoil I was alluding to that has been going on already. Economic strife, you have the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, of course. You've got political corruption. Lots going on. To break it all down and get a good understanding of what's happening, I am very pleased to welcome back to Jimmy at the Crossroads. It's been quite some time. A man who is a dear friend. He is an immigrant to the United States of America, originally from Lebanon. From 1986 to 1989, he was Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush's ambassador to Bahrain. And then also George H.W. Bush asked him to come back to help with the diplomatic effort in the first Gulf War. And Ambassador Sam Zakam, dear friend and like me, a Coloradan, rejoins us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Ambassador, sir, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jimmy. It's such a pleasure to be with you always. It is my pleasure, sir, and and always a pleasure and a privilege to be with you. But I I'd only wish it was under different circumstances. I know for days now you have been consistently on the phone talking with family and friends that you have back in Lebanon. You've been doing media interviews with outlets in Lebanon. Please give us your sense for what happened with this explosion and where things are at overall in terms of the strife in the country, particularly in the capital city of Beirut? Well, the, the investigation is still going on, but uh, the, there were so many, so much uh, explosives stored at the uh, seaport in Beirut. And uh, when, it, uh, when they exploded, uh, some some of which uh, it is uh, thought that Hezbollah had uh, also stored at the seaport, and when they exploded, uh, you know the rest of the story. The, uh, a good part of Beirut was destroyed. The whole section next to the seaport was destroyed. Uh, unfortunately, almost uh, three hundred thousand out of the four and a half million Lebanese are homeless. Uh, many homes uh, have been destroyed. So many hospitals that were in the center of Beirut had been, uh, had been destroyed. And the people throughout the country are, have been, as you alluded, suffered from the uh, coronavirus, from economic uh, a slowdown and the depression in their economy. And the worst thing, Jimmy, is the corruption that has been prevailing in the, both the political and the uh, uh, banking system in the whole country. 
Yeah, e- economically, this is, is truly devastating. More than 150 people have died. But the, what you're describing here, Ambassador Zakam, is uh, devastation that is more than just the loss of lives, but loss of livelihoods. You were telling me about the number of homeless, the percentage of the population that have been rendered homeless as a result of this, and what the equivalent would be if it was here in the United States of America, simply as a result of this blast. Can you tell us what you told me? Yes. The, you know, since the population is uh, barely four and a half million people, when 300,000 people are homeless, this mm-hmm. amounts to almost eight million. Oh, uh, if it had happened uh, in in our country, in America, and uh, the the uh, situation with the the dollar dollar shortage, the banks are not. Uh, giving, allowing people to withdraw their their money, and they insist on giving them Lebanese currency at the rate of one dollar to a thousand fifteen hundred Lebanese to uh, Lebanese pounds. Uh, and now, the dollar on the black market is almost. 10,000 Lebanese pounds instead of 1,500. And there is mass uh, hunger, uh, poverty, and uh, that's why the people are uh, in the streets striking uh, or or, uh, protesting against the inefficiency and the corruption that is prevailing in the political and uh, banking system. Ambassador Sam Zakam, again, former ambassador to Bahrain from 1986 to 1989, someone who has been to Lebanon and numerous, I think almost every, almost every uh, country in the Middle East, at least a handful of times, I'm sure. Uh, what can you tell us, sir, about Lebanon that the American people may not be aware of? Because, look, in the Middle East, you and I have talked about this many times, where you have countries that are dictatorial regimes. And the question really is, are they going to advance American interests or are they going to go against American interests? For example, we see Saudi Arabia. It's an authoritarian government, but generally speaking, they're in line with American interests versus Iran. Dictatorial, authoritarian, Islamic government. They are trying to undercut American interests and work against us every single way that they can. Most of the countries in the Middle East are like that, with a few notable exceptions that at least have some elements of democratic government. Israel is one, and to at least an extent, Lebanon is. Tell us about the Lebanese government structure and sort of just the the way Americans should look at this country that is, as you said, four and a half million people. That's it. It's, It's small relative to American states too, but what should we right. know about it? Well, uh, Lebanon uh, is smaller in in area than Rhode Island, our smallest state in the United States of America. But Lebanon had been traditionally a democratic uh, form of, has a democratic form of government. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, the uh, the seats in parliament are apportioned according to religious affiliation and there are 18 different recognized religions in Lebanon uh, the christians used to be a majority in Lebanon 
but like me, there are so many Lebanese Christians have left there. They were forced out by the Ottoman Empire that ruled Lebanon from the middle of the 16th century till 1918 when uh, the, uh, the World War I ended and the Sykes-Picot Agreement threw out the, the uh, Turks out of Lebanon and the Middle East, and Lebanon became a protectorate of France. Uh, but in the meantime, so many of the Christians left out of maybe 73% Christians in Lebanon. Now they have less than 30% and maybe even 25%. Uh, and the, the, the Sunni Muslims uh, and the Shiite Muslims uh, are supported respectively by Saudi Arabia and Iran. Iran supports the uh, Shiites, Saudi supports the uh, Sunnis, and nobody supports the Christians. That's one reason why uh, Macron, President Macron of France, uh, visited uh, this past week uh, Lebanon and told them that France is going to go back uh, to its protectorate uh, position uh, of Lebanon, mainly to help the country get back on its feet. But even Macron, who is very close to Lebanon, uh, uh, said we will not we will not send aid to Lebanon unless there is political reforms and yes. unless the present form of government is reformed or changed. Yeah, Ambassador Zakam, I, I would just like for you to please say in terms of at least the modern conception as Macron in France is putting forward this idea of making it a protectorate of, of Lebanon again, what what does that mean in terms of practicality? Like, what what would the implications of that be as far as the relationship between France and Lebanon, and what France would do for Lebanon? Well, France could could help uh, the Lebanese, uh, most of whom speak French. By the way, I learned the Marseillaise. I learned how to sing "Allons enfants de la patrie," the French national anthem, before I I sang the Lebanese national anthem in in Lebanon when I was in Lebanon. Uh, that was the strong influence of France on the educational system, on the social and the political system. And the people loved France a lot. And then France uh, left Lebanon in 43. And surely it's not going to go back to be, uh, the, to be the protector of Lebanon, but they're going to try and help the Lebanese. And it would be uh, a positive thing for Lebanon because Lebanon is in a very desperate situation now, politically, economically, socially, you name it.
So, again, we're talking with former Ambassador Bahrain, Sam Zakam, who also was involved in diplomatic affairs during the first Gulf War, has been well-traveled in the Middle East multiple times a year, typically, uh, and so uh, certainly someone who knows the region very well. Uh, in terms of, of Lebanon, I mean, obviously, we're seeing the aftermath of this blast in Beirut that killed more than 150 lives and also has resulted in you said what? Um, so many who have been 300,000 plus who have been rendered homeless, obviously more economic malaise to come. But so what we're seeing now in terms of the protests in the streets really is something that sort of has been boiling over maybe or, or piling up over time. And now this is just maybe the straw that broke the camel's back where they're like, OK, now how are you handling this? We need you to get your act together, government. And that means dissolving the current cabinet, putting in new individuals into that position, which they're in the process of identifying the group uh, and, and dealing with these economic reforms. So there are a lot of different dynamics in play. And I think that people just really need to understand that this isn't just about the blast. It seems that the blast is a precipitator of the protests that have been already building up over recent months and years. Here, here, you, you said it eloquently, much better than I could say it. It has been boiling for so long, over, over a year, and uh, well, it's over a year since last June. So, uh, uh, and, and the people are fed up. And the, there is one, uh, one silver lining in the whole thing. Muslims and Christians are together in the streets and they're carrying one flag, the Lebanese flag. And they're saying they're not, you know, Lebanon had suffered for almost 25 years or, uh, of a civil war between Muslims and Christians. And they, now they seem to be together, together, mainly Sunnis and, uh, and uh, Christians of all denominations uh, opposed to Hezbollah. The only one that is not on the streets supporting this popular movement, asking for change uh, for the sake of the nation and, uh, and united together, uh, uh, all of them are together except Hezbollah, the, the Shiites now, who in more ways than one control every aspect of the political system in Lebanon now. So in other words, the reason why they wouldn't be allied with the Sunni Muslims and the Christians who are protesting with the one flag is because the Shiite Muslims in Lebanon are those who control the power structures right now, the institutions of government. So why they, would they want dramatic reforms if they're benefiting from the way things are now? You're right. The, you know, the, since '43, there was a national covenant called Al-Mithaq Al-Watani. The national Conf covenant uh, said, the, uh, dictated that the, a Christian Catholic Maronite should be president. The prime minister should be Sunni, and the speaker of parliament should be Shiite. Uh, the Mido, uh, according to the popular vote, uh, the uh, the Shiites now 
control parliament and the speaker of parliament uh, is called Nabih Birri, a, a person who I know very well, uh, has been there forever, almost 40 years. And uh, yes, Hezbollah uh, has the power of, of dictating who's going to be president and President Aoun, the present president of Lebanon, is allied with Hezbollah. Mm. And uh, even though he tell you, no, I am not allied with anyone, the truth is he is allied with Hezbollah and Hezbollah is running the show. Now, to what extent is Hezbollah a proxy for Iran, particularly in the political context of Lebanon? Because we know um, in, in a lot of different areas, Hezbollah being of the same sect of Islam as uh, Iran uh, follows a lot of the dictates from that country. To what extent is Iran exerting influence over Hezbollah, particularly in its political role in Lebanon, Ambassador Zakam? Unfortunately, a very strong role. Uh, one thing about uh, the head of the the the, uh, the uh, religious head of the Shia was Imam Ali. Ironically, he was so good, such a very very good man. He said, "If you're not my brother in religion, you're my brother by birth." that God created you like he created me. Unfortunately, the Iranian, uh, the Iranian regime is uh, very much uh, a very destructive regime now, even oh, yes. to its own people. And I believe the, the Iranian people uh, who, have, who were at one time America's best friends in that whole region of the world next to Israel and Lebanon, uh, the, the, the mullahs have, have uh, controlled them. But eventually, if the Iranian people have their own say, they will again be America's best friends in that region because the, the general, generally the Iranian people are wonderful people. Their political system, their mullahs are yes. terrible. Yeah, I told absolutely, without question, without question. And they are a malignant actor, to be sure, in the region. We have talked with you before on this program, Ambassador Sam Zakam, about exactly that and how they are stirring up tremendous strife and trouble all around, not just in the Middle East, but also in parts of Africa as well. Just a couple quick final questions for you, sir. Um, how long do you think it may take to form a new government? And once they reform the new government, which particularly means the cabinet, will that satisfy things or are there going to need to be constitutional reforms or more systemic changes that will happen? I suspect it's the latter. Well, what you, uh, if I may comment about what you said about Iran, it was so oh, sure. right. Iran is a trouble. The Iranian regime is a troublemaker all over. And I conveyed this message 
to the Trump administration by, at the White House and uh, cautioned the president not to talk about the Iranian people in a negative way, to talk about the mullah regime in Iran uh, in, in that way. And, now, and let me just say, be- before, you go, before you go to my question, I just want to say to your point, to amplify your point, Ambassador, about President Trump and what he has said in terms of distinctions with Iran, he has actually tweeted out in Farsi before, which shows that he's trying to speak directly to the Iranian people, heeding advice from individuals like yourself to make that distinction clear. Yes, well, thank you for saying that. It is the truth. And I'm glad that uh, he changed his tone and talked against the the Iranian regime and not the great people of Iran who have a great culture. Now, Now, as for the government. Lebanon is in such a very, very deep trouble. By the way, the prime minister had just resigned two days ago, three days ago. And uh, he is—he himself is asking for a dissolution of uh, parliament. The Christian Falange Party asked all its member, all its members of the Lebanese parliament, to resign. Uh, a number of uh, wonderful friends of mine in government in Lebanon have resigned also, uh, calling for reform from the and asking the president to also resign because they need they need a a, a huge change. I mean, a, a change from the bottom to the top yeah. in terms of uh, allowing the people who. Uh, who are who are protesting in the streets to have their voices heard and to meet their not all their demands, but to meet their legitimate mm-hmm. demands for reform sure. and against political corruption. And by the way, the 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 judicial system is very corrupt in Lebanon. I am a victim of that. They stole my money in in the bank in Tripoli, uh, SGBL, it's called Société Générale de Liban. Uh, I sent some money for so my my widowed mother could get its interest, and uh, they stole the money. And they have stolen the money of so many uh, Lebanese uh, of the diaspora overseas, and that that really is a horrible system. Oh, the yeah. people are uh, have been attacking the banking establishments throughout the country too. Yeah. Well, and I, and I know that you you mentioned that to me a few years ago that this was going on. And I'm so sorry that you're you're still dealing as so many Lebanese uh, from the diaspora have been experiencing, still dealing with this matter of money being just taken from you. I mean, that's really what's going on, the money being taken from from yourself and, yeah. and many others. But final question for you, Ambassador Sam Zakum, and then some final words. Um, when it comes to what's next or what to be watching for moving forward for Americans who, you know, are stirred by what we saw with the explosion and the tragic consequences of that, what should we be watching for from here, particularly that may have an impact on the region and or may impact American interests abroad? Well, our ambassador, uh, Ambassador Shea, is a lady 
recently sent to Lebanon has asked uh, American citizens to get out of Lebanon. If uh, the people realize that America is a decent nation, is a good country, and that the American people are probably the most generous people on the face of earth, and they love the United States of America. If, if you permit me, as an immigrant Please. who on his knees, thank God for the privilege to live in America. My heart bleeds when I see Americans spoiled, the, the best fed, the best clothed, the best housed, the most free people on the face of earth. It aches me to see them striking in the street, rioting in the streets when they are so privileged and when they should thank God that they live in America. This is the greatest country on earth. The, 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 any, any person who ever met me anywhere in the world, when they knew I was an ambassador, excuse me, all the, the first question they would ask, how can I get a visa to go to America? Mm -hmm. We're the envy of the world, yet our people are so ungrateful. They take America so for granted mm -hmm. rather than taking America in gratitude and praising God for the privilege to live in the land of the free. No, I think those are wonderful words to help wrap things up here, Ambassador Sam Zackerman. I, I so appreciate it. You are one of the most patriotic Americans I know, to be sure. And now we go back, I think, about a decade or so in our, in our friendship, which is truly remarkable to think about. But one thing that I do want to say as we close is that I know mine and so many others' thoughts and prayers are with Lebanon or with the people of, of your original home country who have been struggling so deeply in the past year or so, especially, and now over the course of the past week. And so our, our best wishes most certainly go out to, to Lebanon and to all of those who are suffering in, in that country because look, we need to make sure that to the best extent we can as human beings that we are helping one another and supporting one another. And we can only hope and pray, I'm sure, that political and economic reforms, in addition to everything else that needs to happen over in Lebanon, will take place because there are good people there who have been dealt a very horrid hand, and we need to give them all the support we can. Here, here. And, you know, so many people have reached out to me, Jimmy, with prayers and with offers to help. Mm -hmm. So many. And even as we talk, there are people now uh, trying to send clothes and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, med medicines, uh, drugs, uh, if you may, uh, prescription drugs, so the poor people in Lebanon uh, could use them. They need them badly. Absolutely. We, we, I, I think, I think anybody who can provide any sort of support right now to the Lebanese people would certainly be appreciated and is most definitely needed. Ambassador Sam Zakam, thoughts and prayers to uh, all the people of Lebanon, especially your family. I know it's a pretty large Zakam family over in yeah. Lebanon, but my, my best wishes to everyone there um, all together, but, but also a special 
best wishes to your family and condolences as well as we witness this very and to you time. and yours as no, well and god bless america absolutely i end every show by saying exactly that ambassador sam zack and we'll catch up soon my friend thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on jimmy at the crossroads thank you sir thank you Thank you. Once again, Ambassador Sam Zackham joining us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads, coming to you in partnership with the Washington Examiner, a very difficult time and situation in Lebanon. And we truly appreciate Ambassador Zackham's contributions and taking the time today to help us discuss this very important issue and break it down. It is our 100th episode here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nathan Matouche, producer extraordinaire, working the Matouche magic, will join me to just reflect for a few minutes. We'll have some fun on the other side. Here again on the show that brings you engaging, intelligent talk, saying star. One thing, by the way, I, I wish I'd mentioned with Zach and before, the Reagan bobblehead here. He... Absolutely is a tremendous fan of Ronald Reagan, who, of course, appointed him as ambassador to Bahrain. So well wishes from President Reagan's bobblehead to Ambassador Sam Zackham right here from Jimmy at the Crossroads. We're going to take a break. We will be back in a few moments. Stay with us. And ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to Jimmy at the Crossroads. We've made it to episode 100, and it is my pleasure to bring back Mr. Sang Style on the harmonica, Jimmy Sagenberger. Once again to the show, where occasionally the hostess decides to whip out a harmonica, especially in celebration of 100 episodes. Thanks for being along for the ride here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. the seven harps here well one in my hand this one is the f harp this little blues in 
C I'm playing along with here on the program, which means I need an F harmonica in order to play along. Because that's just how it goes. It's the circle of fifths. Welcome back once again. Jimmy at the Crossroads, 100 episodes. Nathan Matouche, producer extraordinaire, working the Matouche magic. Let's bring you on screen, brother. Come on, we're at 100. How are you? Jimmy, I'm doing great. 100 episodes of Jimmy at the Crossroads. We've come so long. We've come a long way, my friend, since uh, what? We've been doing this since about March? Yeah, mid-March. Mid-March. And it has been really something, a lot of behind-the-scenes shenanigans, uh, some positive and fun. Others have been, you know, the challenging things when you're trying to get the tech set up and all those good things. Uh, but I just really want to know, what would you think of the heart plane? Was that all right? Oh, that, that's outstanding. And like we've said on this show so many times, like all these guests say, you are one of the only conservative talk show hosts that has your own intro. <laughs> you play the harmonica. I mean, Jimmy Sangenberger, you, you could do a lot of things, I, my friend. I can't name another one, another host that has his own theme song where he's party to it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I do mean I party either. to it, by the way. We're having a party time every time we're hearing that tune and when we were recording it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we all uh, get up and celebrate for mm -hmm. for 100 episodes. It's uh, it's always such an honor just uh, just working beside you and uh, Corby Wise and everyone that contributes to Jimmy at the Crossroads. Corby Wise. I mean, videos galore that we have done in this program have been because of Corby and VIP Video Productions, Jimmy Viles, Jimmy with an IE. He's our announcer at the beginning of the show and in a lot of our videos that we play, the fun video breaks. We've got Mark Corgan, who is the Donald Trump that you see in some of these videos. I'm going to be yep. talking with him on Friday. We're going to work on a couple new things that I think should be should be pretty fun. But yeah, we've got quite a quite a team. Our friends at the Washington Examiner, absolutely extraordinary. Always the best guests there. Yeah, everyone <clears throat> contributes to the show. We always, if if one of those people are not involved with this show, then the ship sinks. You know, <laughs> we're all a team. We're all one here at Jimmy at the Crossroads. Let, let's get a hundred more episodes in. What do you think, my friend? Uh, I think a hundred more, two hundred more, three hundred more. A the sky's more. the limit, <laughs> and we've got some exciting things we're working on to take things to the next level. So stay tuned for that. Look, we've done quite a lot. I want you to put up, please, Mr. Matouche. Let's, Let's get some. Nathan works the Matouche magic day in and day out here on Jimmy at the Crossroads and has for these 100 episodes. And I want to show a little bit, just in the background here, we see some of what we, you know, we played this video during the break, but you see there Mark Cuban. So some of the highlights that we've done here on Jimmy at the Crossroads, and more recently we've had some tremendous Additions, Ali Beth Stuckey the other day, Gordon Chang just yesterday here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. I mean, the list the list goes on, and you'll see here in just a moment. Yeah, let's skip a little bit more, please, Nathan, to uh, to show when we get. There we go. There's good old Gordon Chang and Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn's lawyer, still in the thick of it as they're still trying to go after Michael Flynn, it seems, which is just Patently absurd. That guy has been through more than his fair share of nonsense. There's good old Donald Trump in one of our exclusive videos talking about Nancy Pelosi jujitsuing something. Either that uh, or the, the Porch Pirates one. Well, it is the Porch Pirates the, one. Yeah. yeah, the Porch Pirates. Yeah, that's exactly. Biff Gore is incredible. He's in season six 
from season six of The Voice. He's the singer, guitarist in this theme song. He co-authored it with me. He was the main lyrics guy, I'll tell you. I mean, he's the, he's the vocal genius anyway. Jim, Jimmy, let me ask you something. When, when we started this show, did you think that we would get this far? Did you think we'd be this successful with these big names, Dinesh D'Souza, you know, Mark Cuban? Do you want the, the honest answer? Let, let's get the honest answer Absolutely. from Jimmy Sangberger. Absolutely. I have always, look, coming up in September next month, we're going to be a full decade into AM radio by yours truly. A full decade into hosting radio. And so I built up relationships and connections and rapports with organizations and individuals who come on as guests and uh, different PR folks that represent them. I mean, that's why we're able to bring top class guests here on Jimmy at the Crossroads is because of those relationships, because of fostering these intellectual and engaging and fun and sometimes silly, serious. We run the gamut in these conversations and uh, that's what I always have strived to do, and that's what we strive to do here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. So honestly, no, I'm not surprised that we brought in this caliber of guests. It's going to get better, folks. You just wait and see. But also, I need it to keep on going. This is I'm loving this. I'm loving the new things that we're working on. Some exciting next steps. Lots to happen, and so I'm I'm thrilled about that. And now we got good old Ronald Reagan up here. Uh, let's go back there. Yeah, I was going to say, you're knocking him off the screen <laughs> as I'm mentioning Ronald Reagan. You can't knock that man off the screen. I mean, think about no. how much that man loves this country, and he's he's smiling down. So I, I want to ask right you I, I want to ask you a couple of questions, though. Um, first of yeah. all, just from the show standpoint, any particular guests in our 100 episodes? Yes, folks, I know a few of them have been best ofs. That's okay. From our 100 episodes, any particular guests that really stand out? I mean, obviously. And by the way, feel free to put yourself full screen if you want to, brother. Yeah, let's get the, let's get the full screen going here, Matouche Magic style. Uh, obviously, the Mark Cuban. The Mark Cuban interview was outstanding. I remember the night before that, I was thinking, you know, thinking to myself, I better not mess this up. This is a big <laughs> name here. This is this is Mark Cuban. This is awesome. And uh, Mark Cuban is a great segment. And you really took it to him. You know, you you had a debate live on air with uh, with Mark Cuban, the owner of the, the Dallas Mavericks and entre entrepreneur expert. He knows his stuff. And you really took it to him live on this show. I'm sure he respects that. I'm sure he'll come on again. But I also really enjoyed having Dinesh D'Souza on. I like listening to that guy's commentary. I like listening to his documentaries. I listen, uh, I watched uh, Obama's America 2016. And every time it seems... I had your lower third up. Every time it seems that, that guy... Every time it seems that guy comes on... It always seems Folks, like... Folks, that is not Jimmy Sangenberger. He was just lying to you for the past minute. Nathan Matouche was lying to you for the past minute. That's right. Matouche magic is back here. That was not <laughs> not Jimmy Sangenberger. It was dark magic. That's right. Dark magic. You got Matouche magic. We got all all sorts of <laughs> magical things that, that happened on the yep. show. But yeah, Dinesh D'Souza, Sidney Powell, like we've mentioned... On the show, I've always enjoyed watching Basel Boz. Oh, yes. Uh, from, old from, Boz. The from the Blacklist. I love seeing him come on. Uh, Rashini Raj Kumar. All these guys that I've really gotten gotten to know mm. on the show. Even just not really 
you know, being in the background. Some of them don't even know I exist really, <laughs> but I've really got to know, got to know some of them. And, mm -hmm. um, it's been an honor. Let's let's get a let's get a hundred more episodes, a hundred more guests here. You know, I don't know. Is that machine's clicked up? Because at some point we might need a good applause line here. We got some new equipment in here the other day, and I don't know if we're all all set up for it, but we just might need a little bit of that to figure out how this works. But uh, there we go. Yeah. There Jimmy we go. Burger, folks. <laughs> That's how we do it. You'll have to play that one more time. All right, so. I want to ask you a couple things. First of all, you were telling me about the story. Tucker Carlson over on the NBA. Uh, well, I mean, he's not on the NBA. But Tucker Carlson beating the NBA in the ratings, much to the chagrin of our past guest and hopefully future guest, Mark Cuban, put up the story. Yeah, there it is, folks. Make sure, just make sure we're on the screen, too, and just double check. Oh, yep. perfect. I'm sorry. Just wanted to make... We haven't done this quite... Quite done this before, so we want to make sure. All right, put okay, it up. So here we go. Yeah, you let me know when it's up. Go. Yep, you're good. There we All go. Right. There we go, folks. So yeah, Fox News outshines the NBA in viewership. That's right. Who's this Tuck source? What was this story from? The source is coming from the Post Millennial. All right. How about those millennials? <laughs> we love those millennials. You're barely you a millennial. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're I, in. You're in the club. I make the cut, just uh, just barely, my friend. But yeah, how about Tucker Carlson? outshining the NBA in total viewership. We're going to scroll down here. Here's the numbers. Pretty striking. Mark Cuban tweeted about it. Let's see. In the advertiser, coveted 18 through 49 demographic, our primetime outperformed Tucker in primetime by 215%. Uh, but let's see here. Tucker Carlson's TV ratings continue to dominate the NBA. His Thursday night show had 3.65 million viewers. That's well, two NBA primetime Thursday games combined for only 2.6 million viewership. So, wow. how about Tucker Carlson? Wow. Coming, coming in big there. Well, but but <laughs> what Fox that News. also shows, and just let's keep the numbers up on, on the screen, please. What that also shows is how frustrated people probably are with the NBA and the fact that they are so politicized now with the Black Lives Matter, the extent to which they're going Mm -hmm. in making that in your face is just stunning. Yeah, and it's it's not so much the movement. I mean, obviously that gets a lot of people upset. That gets me a lot upset. It's more of bringing politics in your face type of deal when we're dealing with sports. That's never happened before. Sports has never been a place where we talk about politics, maybe every once in a while, but the fact that it's right in your face, it's so just it's tough. What is it Mark Cuban says in this tweet here? Uh, so he says in this tweet here, I think he was kind of defending the NBA in, in some kind of way. He was really upset, as it says at the top here. Dallas Mavericks owner sure. Mark Cuban was not happy. I think he was trying to defend it in a way, and he said, in the advertiser, coveted 18 through 49 demographic, our primetime outperformed Tucker in primetime by 215%. Uh, he said, But then it says he did slaughter us in the 70-plus demographic, <laughs> so have to give credit there. Well, so but it's, overall... It's like he, <laughs> But the you overall really numbers, still the overall numbers are pretty notable. But sure, you know, fair, fair enough, fair enough uh, to to Mark Cuban for his, uh, uh, you know, his defense there of what the NBA is charting up. But he seem it seems he's a supporter of all things Black Lives Matter showing up at the NBA, which is pretty striking. Okay, quick final question for you, Nathan Matouche. College sports. Yep. 
What's shaking there? Looks like there are some seasons that are getting canceled. Yeah, college sports, they had the Big Ten Conference cancel their season at least until January 1st. Uh, this is not not just including football, but this is including all sports. So there won't be any sports in the Pac-12 or Big Ten until January 1st. The SEC and the ACC Conference for college football, they're still in the going. They want to play football. You hear a lot of coaches like uh, Nick Saban from Alabama saying, hey, we're committed to the fall season. And Jimmy Sagerberg, it would just be tough, I think, if we were to cancel any, any football in the South. I mean, there would be craziness in the streets if there wasn't if there wasn't any football in the south so i doubt it's going to happen with the sec and acc they're probably going to play football still but just within conference but localized here there won't be any colorado buffaloes football no colorado state rams football no basketball as we know it it's it's canceled covid has taken college sports for us for at least the remainder of 2020 you know, but at least we we can we can have NFL possibly. The NFL is going to come back. It's it's looking like they're, well, they're in the making and other sports as well. I want to tell you, and it pains me to say this, but um, because you also do sports announcing in the fall and in the spring, usually you do sports announcing as well in Colorado. And I did tell you weeks and weeks ago that I was skeptical that college and high school sports would actually make a return. Unfortunately, I didn't want to say that, make that prediction, but Unfortunately, it's borne out, and yeah, that's what's happening. So. Yeah, it's all right. It's hard, my friend. It's hard, but we'll we'll get through this. And hey, we still got JTC. We got hundred episodes in the book. So much more to come. I'm excited. Free to choose Friday tomorrow. Still figuring out exactly what that's going to entail, but do not miss it. To be sure, Nathan Matouche working the Matouche magic as producer extraordinaire. Fantastic job as always. And thanks, brother. We're going to keep keep it going. We're going to keep it going here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. We've gotten to that 100 mark, and we appreciate you being along for the ride. Come on, Nathan. Give me a little applause love yeah, for get, a moment. I'm just, a, I'm just kind of, a, you know, I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, indeed. Seriously, thank you for being along for the ride. Please share the content. Let's get Please a joke in here. spread I don't have a good joke on me right now, Mr. Matouche, but, you know, maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll figure out a, a free-to-choose Friday joke. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I just want to say is that we appreciate you sharing the content, getting it out there, subscribing, encouraging others to subscribe. We're really trying to build this thing up. We've got some exciting stuff coming up on the other side in the coming weeks. So do not miss it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Ambassador Sam Zakham for joining us, breaking down what happened in Lebanon, to, of course, Nathan Matouche, producer extraordinaire, to the Washington Examiner, our partners here on this very program. And once again, to you, we appreciate you joining us tomorrow, free to choose Friday. Do not miss it. Jimmy at the crossroads.com. You got the shop there. You got everything going on right there in terms of the content and so much more. Check it out. Thanks so much. Stay well. Be healthy. We'll be back tomorrow, free to choose Friday. And as always, and as Ambassador Zachem said earlier, may God bless America. Thank you. <laughs>